Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time. If you guys have questions for John, now is the time. Text in your questions to 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. And we'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello. Happy Black Monday. Happy Black Monday. We'll get into we'll get <laughs> John's the only one that sees it as a holiday. Yeah, Graz used to you, oh, yeah. Graz yeah. used to to uh make fun of him and say, Here comes John with his blood flex saliva, ready for Black Monday. The Grim Reaper John <laughs> yeah. Clayton. Gets a kick out of it. We'll we'll get into we'll get into those moves here in a in a moment, John. But just uh your your thoughts on the on the Seahawks and and you know, they wrap up the season and find fact that's a quality win against a playoff team on their home field with everything to play for. But in your opinion, is there is there carryover? Does that does that do any good when they head into OTAs, mini camps, and next season? Yeah, I mean, as long as they add more players, but I think it does because it. I mean, it showed that they can play like a playoff team, and that's what they look like. I mean, they look like a playoff team. Offense, defense, special teams, everything came together, and you know, to a point where <clears throat> here they were. They scored thirty eight. Probably could have gotten more, and even though they, you know, technically gave up 30, two of them were on, uh, you know, turnovers. One was on a fumble that uh, Russell had, or a fumble that was taken into the end zone for a score, and another down inside the five. But yeah. that means they technically only gave up like 16 points, which you know fits their profile, giving up 21 or less. So no, I thought that was good. The pressure on the quarterback was good. I mean, I thought there were so many good things in that game against an Arizona team that you could argue might be better. John, I thought of you yesterday when uh, the punter Andy Lee had yeah. that really athletic move where he fell to his knees and <laughs> cringed. Yeah, that'd be me. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. You wouldn't do that, John. But, um, but yeah, that, uh, what about Rashad Penny and his performance? And I think Bob differs a little bit with than from me. I I just think I don't care who you're doing it against. I think it's more about Rashad Penny. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, maybe 25% of me does think that, okay, you did that. Now you did it against a really good team. And what did he go for yesterday? Was it 190? 190. 190. 190. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, these numbers are like – Fantasy football. I have a buddy, by the way, that texted me and said, "Yeah, I have Penny in my fantasy football team." I'm like, yeah. "Well, good for you, man. You you definitely um, cashed in on it." But I mean, as far as like how you approach him in the off season, and you have a, a better handle probably on, you know, what running backs are free agents, kind of who is he going to be up against, mm-hmm. and what what do you think the market is going to think about Rashad Penny? It's hard to tell because again, I think there's so much. You can get out of the draft at running back that uh, you know that may you know downplay the ability to uh, to do something you know but uh, no I think overall is that uh, you know you can look and you see it's like uh, you know I think they're in they're in pretty good shape you know because again I think that he wants to be back they want him to be back all those things seem to be positive. Do you think they're leery at all, John, based on what happened with Chris Carson? They he, they re-sign him. I guess knowing he had yeah. a chronic neck issue and it came back to bite him this year, and we'll we'll see what what happens with him moving forward. But now we're talking about a guy, despite these four games, mm-hmm. which were outstanding, it's four games compared to three and a half years. Do you think they're a little apprehensive about too big of a, of a guaranteed commitment to him? Well, I mean, again, it's like uh, it's, it's going to be a one-year deal. So, 
you know, it's like it's it's not like they're going to give him a franchise number. You, you know, think it, it won't be a multi-year deal? I don't think so. No, I think it. I think they'll want to take it one year at a time. I is that is that? Sorry, John, to cut you off. Is it? Do you think that would be true from any team that's making an offer? Or do you see him getting a multi-year offer elsewhere? Hard, hard to tell. I mean, we we'll have to see how the market plays out. But uh, no, I think that you because know, you know clearly, I think he's taken his value to five or six million, and you know maybe he has taken it to seven or eight. Who knows? But I think it's probably just going to be a one-year deal, and maybe they will do a two-year deal. But I think they need to do a deal. I know you don't disagree, Bob. I mean, you disagree, Bob. But uh, well, I no, no, no. I, I don't disagree that they need to bring them back. I yeah. just think they need to be very careful about what the actual guarantee is because I, I think you have to be cautious. There's just way too much on the other side of it that says, man, the guy was never available. Mm-hmm. He was always hurt. He's had four spectacular games against three questionable opponents and that's where Dave and I differ but but yeah I, th- I just think they got to be careful you kind of got burned with with Carson hopefully he comes back next year and makes it look like a great deal but it's kind of a you know kind of a warning sign they're like all right we went down this road once let's be careful with this one mm-hmm. yeah but of course I mean you, you draft a guy in the first round it's a four-year contract that's guaranteed and so you know they may just want to take it one year at a time I thought the interesting thing is that here's Adrian Peterson who was adamant about not wanting to get into coaching because of the success of Rashad Penny now is intrigued by the idea of getting into coaching and doing it here Sorry, I, you got to hit we, the mute yeah, button. I'm sorry there, about that. Uh, I had a dog barking here, and I didn't want it to show oh, no. up on the broadcast. But uh, anyway, yeah. So what uh, what do you think changed for Adrian Peterson? What what did you hear from him as far as uh, him well, seeming like he wants to coach? Well, I mean, I didn't hear anything personally because again, we have no access to him. I mean, it's like uh, I mean, you know, he he can be on Zoom and all that stuff, and that's it. But uh, it sounds though as though that uh, you know Pete is interested. He's now interested, and uh, you know, he, I mean, he obviously loves the game of football, and so you know, it doesn't have to be the main running back coach. Maybe he can be a running back consultant or something like that. Yeah. But I think that he can definitely help out because look at the great success Penny's had since you know getting together with Adrian Peterson. Hey guys, thought- sorry to chime in. This is from today. If sure. you do want to hear it, it is um, Adrian Peterson. What he said on the topic. You know, the funny thing is, I, I, I never really am, am envision myself coaching. You know, not on this level uh, or the college level. <laughs> Maybe like my son's, you know, little league team or something. Um, but you know, after talking to Coach Pete, it's something that I've been kind of thinking about. You know, and I you know, talked to my wife as well, and she was like, "Adrian, man, like you are just a different person when you when you're around football. You know, and you know it shows. And you know, so it's something that you really should think about and consider. You know, so." For the first time, <laughs> um, I've actually thought about it and, you know, considered going in that direction, you know, if I, you know, if and when I'm done playing football, you know, so we'll see where the chips fall. Sounds like his wife's trying to get him out of the house. <laughs> what, is, what does he mean, if and when he's done? If? He played one game, man. He yeah, I know. Hurt. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I mean, it's kind of like Frank Gore. I mean, I don't think Frank Gore's given up yet, but he didn't get hired this year, and it's going to be hard for Adrian to get hired next year. But uh, now maybe he can. I mean, he can certainly help. I mean, he did such a great job with Penny, and Penny looks so good. And so it's like, uh, why not have that support and build it around? You know, because again, it gets good chemistry. I mean, it gets a good running game going. All those things are real positive. 
Well, maybe he could do it, you know, in a way where it wasn't. It's not like he's there at six in the morning mm-hmm. and leaving at yeah. eight at night. You know, it could be like a consultant or something like that. But I thought it was interesting yesterday, John. Where, and I think I'm convinced anyway that yeah. what Adrian Peterson told Rashad Penny is, "Hey, man, you got to suck it up sometimes." Because he had a run for. Gosh, I don't know. It was like maybe 15, 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And he got up and he grabbed his leg. And he was. I was like, oh, no, here we go. But then he, he trots to the sideline. And then shortly after that, he ran for the, what it was, a 63-yard right, touchdown. Right. So, yeah, I feel like that's the message that Peterson gave to him is that you have to play through. We used to say uh, <laughs> there's a difference between I'm hurt and it hurts. If it hurts, you can go. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have to learn how to play that way. So, yeah, I thought – and Rashad Penny is such an easy guy to root for. Bob, you talked to him, and yeah. I talked to him before. He's just Great a nice kid. kid, man. Really, really good. Yeah, and, of course, I mean, you're talking about a guy that, uh, you know, he's you know he's a popular, I think, now with the team. I mean, I think you can see what he's meant to the team now in the last month and a half in the season. That's positive. I mean, certainly he's great to ha- – I, I like having him as a neighbor. That's good. So all all those things are positive. So let's uh, figure something out and get them back. John, so uh, I'm I'm forgetting. Is there five coaches that have been fired? Six. Six. Okay, so I have Flores, Zimmer, Nagy, Fangio. Who am I missing here? You're missing Mike Malarkey. Malarkey. You're missing John Gruden. Got, oh, okay. Yeah, from, from yeah, because earlier. earlier, so it's like yeah. but that's, so there's six. So you know, there was the, the big surprise was Brian Flores. Yeah, tell Nova. us about that. Because uh, he was ten and six last year. He was ten and six last year. He was nine and eight uh, this year, and he had a seven game winning streak in the second half of the season. It's like I'm stunned that he got fired. But apparently, I guess he must be hard to deal with with some of the players, some of the coaches all those different things. And so uh, Stephen Ross, who I don't know if he knows what he's doing as an owner, but uh, basically said we've got to make a change, and they made a change. And they're not going to go for Jim Harbaugh because even though uh, you you know that Stephen Ross is a Michigan guy and he's going to love Harbaugh, but he's not going to take Harbaugh away from Michigan. Mm. Yeah, the the Flores one didn't make any sense to me, and I would imagine he'll be a hot commodity as a coordinator somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, do you have any idea where he lands? Do you no, think? I, oh, it's too early. I mean, no. it's, we, we we first have to figure out who's going to be the head coaches, and then start figuring out where the assistants go. You can't yeah. do it the other way. Hey, uh, back to the Seahawks for a minute. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the big dark cloud over yesterday's game was Quandre Diggs mm-hmm. and that injury. Now, Ian Rappaport sent out a tweet basically saying, "Hey." It's it, the silver lining is it wasn't a compound fracture, no ligament damage. He should be back in four months. So what does that what does that do to his market? Do you think? Well, I mean, it, you know, it takes away a good portion of free agency, which uh, is not going to be good for him, and probably puts him in a situation, you know, wherever he goes, if he goes someplace or stays here, it might just be a one year contract. But I mean, it takes him out of the the bulk of uh, the free agency market. John, did you watch that game last night? Yeah, you did. Oh, my goodness. Well, wow. I'm looking at the Chargers. They were 6-for-7 on fourth down. I know. But they were 4-for-18 on third down. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they pretty much had to had to do it that way. But, boy, I can imagine that uh, people in Pittsburgh were just sitting on the edge of their seats, man. Well, I still, I still remember it's like, uh, you know, switching over early and then seeing about, uh, you know, the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. And, you know, once they went into overtime and Pittsburgh won, I mean, the only thing that was so negative was the fact that, well, they're in the playoffs unless there's a tie. 
And so sure enough, here the Chargers and the Raiders go into overtime, and it goes down to the very last uh, few seconds as a, almost a tie. And then, of course, uh, you know, I, I know I've argued with uh, Mike Salk about this, but uh, I, I thought that uh, you know, Brandon Staley made a mistake. So with 38 seconds left, he called a timeout. And the uh, reason he called a timeout is he wanted to get the right run defense because even though they were, I think, at the 40-yard line or something like that, they were out of field goal range. But you know, if they were, st- if they stuffed the run one or two times, then uh, you know they wouldn't get the field goal to take it into overtime. The other thing was is that, uh, and, and this is what I thought was going on, they actually considered, and this comes from uh, the Raiders, that they actually considered just taking the tie and letting both teams go in. They considered that with 38 seconds left. So it's like uh, he calls the timeout, gives them a chance to think about what play to run and what to do, and they come out and they get the tie and the win. Yeah, I think everybody was scratching their head going, what is he doing here? Because mm-hmm. the and even you're right, the head coach of the Raiders said, yeah, we talked about the tie, mm-hmm. and, and, and Carr said the same thing, that once they called the timeout that they were on the sidelines kind of going, huh. Okay, well, let's run this play and yeah. you know, like everybody sort of reassessed assuming that the Chargers to their benefit would allow the clock to run down because at that point of the field it would have been a 57-yard field goal if they mm-hmm. didn't gain mm-hmm. anything on the next down. So, you know, they if they gain 3 yards on the next carry it's still a 54-yard shot. So, I don't know. I understand wanting the right personnel in there, but you saw the lack of urgency from the Raiders which sent a very clear signal to the intent I, if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm just I'm pulling my hair out. That made oh, no sense to me. No, it really didn't. And uh, you know, you know, first year coach, young coach, rookie mm-hmm. mistake. Well, and I've liked him. John. Yeah, I do. I, I do too. Um, you know, he uh, he had a, a thing. I, I saw a clip where he's like, "This is how we're going to play it. We're going to go for touchdowns, not field goals." And mm-hmm. he's talking about his fourth down strategy. The thing that's weird to me, though, John, is I understand that the Rams. So when he was defensive coordinator last year. And this is total yards with the Rams Yeah. Uh, in 2020. Total yards, pass yards, run yards, points, and sacks. They were number one, mm-hmm. one, number three, number one, number two. You look at those same stats for the Chargers this year, and I know he's not entirely running the defense, but it, it must be diluted from, from him to his defensive coordinator because those numbers now are like 13, 23rd. They're 29th against the run, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 27 in points. It's just weird to me that a Brandon Staley coach who has some good talent. I mean, you've got Derwin James, you've got uh, Bosa, you've got Kenneth, uh, what's the kid's name, the kid from Oklahoma, uh, Ken- Kenneth, is it Murray or Murphy? Anyway, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't I don't Derwin get, James and... Yeah, I mean, I don't get why it's so much worse. Yeah, it's it's, it's baffling. But then, uh, you know, again, it's like he 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 doesn't have great corners, and he plays soft at the cornerback position, which is kind of different, I think, from last year because he played hard with good man to man because he had Jalen Ramsey and you know, some good cornerbacks last year. But yeah, it's a complete change because I mean, here's a guy who is number one, and now he's just in the middle of the pack. John, what do you make of the news that Geno Smith was arrested on suspicion of DUI? He's a free agent going mm-hmm. into this season. He made a little over a million dollars this year. Does that impact the Seahawks' decision? could. It could because, again, it's like uh, if found guilty, <clears throat> then you know he's going to get a game or two suspension. And so it's like he may not be available for six or 17 games. And if that's going to be the case, you know that may limit his chances of coming back. I still think they like him. I think Russell Wilson likes him. 
Uh, and naturally, if anything does happen, they can maybe fall on Jacob Eason for a game or two to do it. But, yeah, I think it could affect things. Hey, John, uh, did it push the needle for you at all as far as going forward at linebacker, watching Cody and Brooks run around out there? They They look great. Yeah, I thought they looked really good. Um, but what Bob and I were talking about the one series where Jordan Brooks would like to forget, mm-hmm. uh, where he missed a couple of tackles and they had a, deep, a pass completed on him. But man, they were just attacking the line of scrimmage. I think they're making mistakes, you know, here and there, but mistakes get made. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I really liked. Do you think that's the the linebacker duo of the future here? I in still, Seattle? Th- I mean, of the future, yeah. But I still think that uh, you know, there's a good chance that Bobby Wagner comes back. I know there's a debate on that, but uh, you know it's like I think that you know he'll take less in year uh, on his yearly salary and free up some cap room and you know come back because I think that you know because again you know it's like he can take the tact it's like well I want my 18 million bucks well if they cut you you're not getting 18 million dollars in free agency it's as simple as that I mean you may may get as less than less than 10 it's hard to tell. But uh, because, let me look at K.J. Wright. Was he able to garner a good contract? And the answer is no. And so it's like, I mean, certainly Bobby, as a pro bowler, will get you know, more money than uh, than K.J. did. But, uh, no, I still think that, uh, you know, he wants to be here. They want him to be here. Let him stay. Well, it seems like if they do, you know, want to have him yeah. restructure or whatever, that's going to be some kind of sensitive conversations between him and Bobby's agent, who is Bobby. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's just, it's money. He's made a lot of money. He likes it here. He's got great leadership here. And again, it's like, uh, it's not like they're going to just uh, pull the plug and not pay him anything and, or pay him very little. I mean, you know, at the very least, I think he gets 13 million at the very least. Hmm. John, the 509 asking, Hey John, do you think Vic Fangio would be a good consideration for defensive coordinator if the Seahawks part ways with Ken Norton? Uh, I think so, yeah, because he's a good coordinator. Now the question is going to be, if Jim Harbaugh goes to Oakland or goes to the Raiders, then I think that uh, Harbaugh you know, would hire, uh, hire him because Vic was his defensive coordinator in San Francisco. But, I mean, the guy's a good coach. I mean, he's a good – the players like him and all that stuff. I mean, I think he'd be a solid consideration. Now, the question is going to be, would he be better than, uh, say, Gus Bradley, who, who Gus would be, you know, familiar with the system and knows everything here. You know, what, what fits for Pete? As we all know, Pete is not going to be fired. And, and quickly, just on that same topic, yeah. a lot of questions about, you know, if they replace Ken Norton, would Flores be a good uh, consideration? Here? I don't, no, you don't, want, you don't want a Belichick guy. No <laughs> way. I mean, it's like if he struggled getting along with some of the players, do you think he might struggle getting along with the players here? They don't need that. That was the word on Flores in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, and coaches, so- too. And coaches. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, you look at somebody texted in that the NFC West is going to be one and done in the uh, in the playoffs. But well, that's you know, wrong. Yeah, I mean, do you look well, at how, the, how can you be one and done when you have two NFC West teams playing each other on Monday night? One uh, wins, and one advances. Yeah. Well, they were just you know whatever talking out of their rear ends, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, not not very good way to go into. You know, with the loss to the 49ers, mm-hmm. the, the Rams, and then Arizona, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, I, how they view that loss, I mean, we're all thinking the Seahawks just played really well and up to their mm-hmm. up to their standards, but they're probably thinking they took a, a pretty big step backwards. 
No doubt. I mean, because, again, you have a 19-play drive and you get a field goal. I mean, you make the mistakes that they made, the penalties that they made, the uh, inconsistencies stopping the run. There was a lot of things that went wrong in that game. It's interesting to watch the Rams. They lose the game. Matthew Stafford now ending the season tied for the league lead in interceptions Mm -hmm. with a rookie, Trevor Lawrence. They both threw 17 interceptions, and Stafford just – He's got one of those some I mean a rookie with Lawrence you kind of go okay yeah his first year in the league whatever Stafford's I mean he's been here for over a decade and he still makes some some of the most head scratching throws you'll ever yeah. find I mean, it just what do you what do you make a, I mean his numbers look good he threw for 4800 yards and mm-hmm. 41 touchdowns but man he's got a knack for turning the ball over at a really inopportune time and, I, and why I have no idea because it's not like he's you know void of receivers sure it hurt lo- losing Robert Woods but also, it uh, you know they they do have uh, you know they picked up Odell Beckham Jr. I mean Cooper Cup obviously is now you know one of the top three receivers in football, and so it, it just baffles me to see uh, 17 interceptions from Matthew Stafford, and particularly down the stretch, and his touchdown passes you know weren't that many down the stretch. John, when you look at these uh, the matchups coming up this weekend. Vegas at Cincy, New England at Buffalo, and then you go, and I know you don't yeah. like answering questions about the AFC because you don't know. Don't know. I mean, it's just crazy. But as far as uh, any kind of upsets, any anything stick out to you where there might be, you know, I guess New England, did they beat Buffalo in Buffalo? They, they, yeah, they split. They, okay. They split, split for the season. Yeah, but I mean, you got but, I mean, they, 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 uh, Buffalo won the home game and New England won the road game. Okay. I mean, New England won their home game. Yeah. But, you know, you got San Francisco at Dallas. Anyway, yeah. any uh, any eye on an upset? Not really. I mean, again, it's like it's hard to predict because, again, we have to wait till Wednesday and Thursday to see what the COVID list looks like. Oh, that's right. And we have to look at the injury list, too. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk again tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710 Sports. So just how hurt was DK Metcalf this season? We talked about him being on the injury report every week. We're going to get to the bottom of it next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.